telling you, I know when the presence of the Lord is here and I know better than to try to mess it up. And so I'm just going to say tonight to that, where'd she go? The little girl right here. I, I just want to tell you, Isabella, that Pastor Aaron, who preached last night, stood before a principal who told him he would never succeed. He would never amount to nothing. Let's just be honest. I had straight F's all through school. So here's what I am to tell you tonight, that the Lord will use the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. So we rip off every label tonight. We cast down everything that would exalt itself against the knowledge of what God has called her to be. Beautiful perfection is who she is. I can't stand the enemy, and especially when he picks on somebody young because that that young woman will go and change lives and no devil in hell will be able to cap it and and I don't say it boastful but I would imagine that that principal who looked Aaron Crabb in the eyes has often repented I, I, I don't say it boastful, but when the enemy tells you you will never amount to nothing and God sets you at a table of governors and it takes you to inaugurations, I'm telling you, if you will surrender everything to God, he will do what man says is impossible in your life. If you will just say yes to the Lord, his yes back to you is far exceeding anything that you could ever think, ask, or imagine tonight now I'm about mad I believe last time we were here somebody came up to my husband and said boy I'd hate to see her mad and you would I can assure you because I, I, I grew up in Kentucky in you know northern eastern part of Kentucky And my family, our family name is Hardin, H-A-R-D-I-N. And if that don't tell you anything, back back in the day, you know, your name was either Smith because, you know, you you were a a, whatever that's called. You would shoot a, what is it, silversmith maybe or a blacksmith. You were often named by your trait or your trade. And I guarantee you that when people met my family, they said they are some Hardins to deal with. I'm talking redneck of rednecks. I'm talking in prison, out of prison, drug deals. I'm talking the prostitution, witchcraft, every way you could flip it. That's my heritage in the natural. But God shifts something when you step into a realm of the supernatural. So I just came to encourage you tonight. I'm not going to take long because the Holy Ghost has already preached better than I could ever preach. But I'm here to tell you tonight that what the enemy has labeled you in your past, God says it is not even worthy to be spoken of in your present or in your future. Watch God work for you tonight. Watch God work for you tonight. So when we go to the book of Genesis and we open in the third chapter and we see a great deception 
has taken place. We see creation has unfolded. We see dominion given as pastor opened service last night. And then all of a sudden, as Eve is sitting in this garden, this beautiful state, and the spirit of deception crept in. He was more cunning than all the creation. I want you to hear me tonight. Because this same cunning deception is who is talking in the other side of your hearing even now. He is wise, but he is not wiser. I want you to hear me tonight. He is cunning, but he ain't got nothing on my God. So as this deception entered the garden, he said exactly what he knew to get to Eve. He said, did God really say? And you see, tonight as you sit here, you have already asked yourself, did God really say? Could God really do? He is always out to bring a contrary word against what is already established and what is already written before you ever got here if the enemy is telling you you can't it is a great indication that God has already established it it has already been written it has already been stamped with heaven's approval some of you just need to step on out of that deceptive realm did God really say? Oh, he's always here to try to put God in opposition of his word and his authority. I don't know about you, but I've seen the spirit of deception in my own life. I see it in our great nation even now. And I've seen it in the church houses all across this great America and around the world deception is at every hand and if I can say anything tonight not every spirit that talks to your hearing is the Holy Ghost because <laughs> while we're here and we are a spirit in a body because you're filled with the Holy Ghost because you got a spirit in motion and moving towards the principles of God you can rest assured that the enemy is out to destroy you, to deceive you, to stop you in your tracks. And so I just want to tell you, expect impact. Is everybody all right tonight? I told you I wasn't going to waste no time. I ain't going to get up here and give you three points and send you home. I might as well just ride the wave. Did God really say, and she said to the serpent, well, we may... Listen, I'm so sick of church people trying to, you know, well, God said, don't talk to him. Don't talk to the devil. You don't owe him no explanation. I'm telling you, a few weeks ago, the Holy Ghost told me, he said, why are you giving? I'd, I look him square, you know, stood square on my feet, look him straight in the eye. And the Lord said, why are you looking somebody in the eye when he's supposed to be under your feet? I know we bold. And I've looked a few devils in the eye. I have. Sure enough. They didn't stay there long. I either got cussed out and then they got delivered or they got escorted off the property. That's the truth. I asked a man a few weeks ago. I said, now wait a minute. Are you here for deliverance or are you here to be a distraction? He said, you're an 
effing false prophet. I said, praise God. Because if, if the devil shows up and tells you you false. <laughs> See, the Holy Ghost ain't going to show up at your own church and tell you you're a false prophet. But the devil always coming in and deceiving. You know what he was mad about? Because I came against marijuana from the pulpit. I said, no, I know you a devil. Always out deceiving and trying to get you off course of what God has already. See, the days of your life have already been established. Why do we? I don't have to worry about tomorrow. Why? Because he's already established. If I'm supposed to be there, I'm going to be there. He's gone before me. The days of my life have already been established. The enemy's goal is to rob the days of your life, to knock you off the timeline of God, to disrupt the position in which God has given you. He is always out to rob true divine authority. And so here in this garden, we always give Eve a hard time, right? I mean, I, listen, there are days I'm like, if I get to heaven, if I do, <laughs> man, I'm going to have a talk with Eve. But the Lord began to show me Eve in a different light. And I want to share this with you tonight because I want to show you your position as a family. I want to show you a position as a kingdom citizen and a citizen of this great United States. And I want, and my prayer is that you know your position in the army of the living God before this night's over. So we see that Eve ate the fruit. She took it. She bought the bait. You know, the devil is always out trying to sell you something. And far too quickly we pull it out and go, yeah, I'll buy that. I'll take it. I'll have that. Because he positioned it in a way that made Eve feel as if she was missing out on something that God, as if God was keeping something from, did he, whoa, okay, why wouldn't he, why did he really say that? I mean, if he is who he says he is, I mean, he's good, right? So did he really say, you know, that fear of missing out? That was Eve. Well, if he gave us dominion here, why would he keep this from us? Maybe, maybe it was misunderstood. And then we get into our own interpretation of scripture. You know what I mean? Well, we end up in the way left field. Maybe that's not what he really said. Eve takes the fruit. She saw it first and it was good to the eyes. It was good when she opened her mouth and put it in. It was so good. And here's, here's where the enemy will trip us up because we ain't tasting alone. Never. Never. Oh, it's good. Adam, you got to have some of this. It's good. Adam takes the fruit. We know the story. In, in a little while, God begins to walk in the cool of the day, longing to fellowship with Adam and Eve. And he's calling out to him. And he's saying, Adam, where are you? Adam is frightened and he says, 
I hid myself because I was naked. I hid myself. I heard your voice and I was afraid because I was naked. Do you know the devil wants you to remain hidden? To think that you're exposed. And you are. You better rest assured you are. But this next passage of scripture, the Lord says, who told you? Who you been listening to? Who told you that you weren't good at that lying teacher did? The lying principal did. My ex did. My abuser did. Who told you that you were naked? Who opened your eyes to the spirit of deception? Who opened your hearing to the lies of that lying devil? Who have you been listening to in this hour? I've come with the word tonight. Who told you that you could never rise above your addiction? Who told you you could never be what God has called you to be? Who told you that you weren't good enough in this day? Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from that tree which I commanded you that you should not eat? You see, here's what happens when we give in to the spirit of deception. It's sin against God. It's contrary. But God still was looking for it. He didn't say you're full of sin. Look, I now that came. That separation came. But here's the interesting part. Here he is looking for them because he longed to fellowship in the garden with them to have just conversation. And I think the greatest tragedy of it all is that God would share everything that he had with them when they could handle it. But we always trying to get something greater, be something greater without the right authority to get it. <laughs> Eve says, or Adam says it like this. The man said, of course he did. <laughs> we about to give Adam a break, ladies. I'm about to show you why. The woman, (laughs) yep, whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I ate. The woman whom you gave to be with me, I want you to think about this. Can't you see them defiled and stripped and aware of their sin and their nakedness? And all of a sudden, she says, oh. I I ate and I've been deceived. I've been deceived. Ooh, I've been deceived. If we flip back over to the second chapter in the 18th verse, 
we see that God says it is not good that man should be alone. Holla. The Lord knew that you couldn't live without us. Can't live with us. Can't live without us. You know, Jesus. It is not good that man should be alone. So I will create a what? A helper. Comparable to him. So we often hear that word helper and we think a slave, right? Do the dishes. Why ain't this floor vacuum? My husband don't say it. He knows better. <laughs> but God love him. He keeps me on my toes because if I did, didn't do it, he's going to come in and do it. And I don't like that either. <laughs> he said, I'm going to create a helper. Everybody say helper. helper. Comparable to him. So that word helper, the root word in Hebrew is Azer, and it's spelled E-Z-E-R, Azer. So he said, I'm going to create a helper comparable to him. So here we flip over to the third chapter. This woman whom you gave to be with me gave me this. And we often say, why would Adam be so stupid? Eve is so just gullible that she took it and then turned around and gave it to her husband. But that word "azer" right there literally is used 21 times in the Old Testament. It means to rescue. It means to save. It means strength. It is a protector. It is a deliverer. And even greater than this, it is a first line of defense. Did you hear me? I'm going to create a helper. Comparable. What do you mean? Satan wanted dominion. But he just went through the legal right. First line of defense. You see, Eve was not weak as we suppose. She was the key holder. She was the one as the first line of defense that Satan knew he had to take down that stronghold to get the authority of the garden, to drive it out. Here's what I'm here to tell you today. You are not weak as you suppose, body of Christ. You are meant to be an answer in the kingdom of God as a first line of defense, challenging every weapon of the enemy and I'm telling you if Satan gets in the door it rests on us the word answer helper is also used to describe the Lord God Almighty he is a very present help in times of trouble he is my help he is my strength he is my sword and my buckler my shield and my buckler the Lord God Almighty strong in battle and it's also used 
When Israel was in trouble and they began to call on other nations to come to their side to be an ally and fight alongside of them. They said we need some help. What they were crying out saying we need an answer to come alongside of us. We don't have all the strength in ourselves but together we can take this giant down. In 1492, in Spain, you see, they were getting ready to expel all the Jewish people. Christopher Columbus hops on a ship and goes to discover new land. Here's what I'm telling you. Nothing is coincidence or happenstance in the kingdom of God. When Christopher Columbus hopped on that ship and a whole new world was opened up, it was not to just sit there so we can have a pretty land and pretty territory. But God said, I am opening up a new realm for my people to come and escape the wiles of the devil. He said, America, you will be an answer, a help and a defense. And it goes on to say that if you bless Israel, I will bless you. And I'm telling you as as a church, the reason that we should be shaken in this hour, well, I don't care about what's going on. You can live under a rock, but I'm not going to in this hour. As long as America is alive, there has to be an answer to rise up and say under God we will stand. We will defend. We will be a watchman on the walls of Jerusalem. It's our birthright as Americans. First line of defense. So as we continue on in this thing, I want you to understand your position, not only as women of God, as men of God. You see, what the enemy longs to do is to divide, to conquer. If he can make you think your wife's controlling, I don't have to tell you everything. You're on your own, brother. And if you think I'm going to control everything, I'm going to stamp signet rings that you don't even know about. Then you've stepped into a Jezebel territory but God said I've called you to be a helpmate alongside of your husband that when the winds blow and the rain falls there will be no step the enemy will not prevail over your house why because I got my answer intact the enemy's goal from the beginning was to divide to conquer Women, we know we're powerful beings. We know that, as I often say at our church, my husband is without a doubt the heads, he is the brains, but I sure do have a powerful neck. I've been making him turn his head for 20 years. I just made that up. But I'm telling you, we hold a key that is powerful and yet so dangerous. 
as women in our household the word of God calls us gatekeepers you see and I know that we say it like this if mama ain't happy ain't nobody happy and that might be true to a, a, an, a, an aspect of life but what I'm here to tell you is that we are not here in competition we are not here to be mamas we are here to help protect to help guide our house together two by two yoking up as oxen and plowing a field I'm telling you I say my husband is the chief financial advisor he is the the CEO of our company and I may walk as a president one day and I may walk as a secretary the next but when when we yield I yield one day he yields the next and I want to tell you something as as a bride even in the animal kingdom this is how this operates Because there are certain animals when they get into a fight. You see the woman, the female, she comes up like she's afraid. Like this. Protect me. And I need you to. But what that opposing force doesn't understand. He said, when you think you're coming at his neck, you're about to get my mouth. (laughs) When you think you're going to take him out and latch on to him, I'm going to open my mouth. I might roar at you. I might sink my fangs in you. But I can rest assured that you will not get him without taking me down first. You will not get to my babies without touching me first. You see, if we would understand the competition... But you see, the spirit of feminism that has risen up in the world, rose up, however he's by his smart. It has set aflame the religious spirits. It has enraged households. You ain't going to tell me what to do. Eve made her husband eat the apple. Yes, she did, and he trusted her with everything because she was his answer. He believed everything she said was true. So we have a responsibility to be very cautious of what voices we are taking counsel from. What we are allowing in our doors and in our atmospheres. It's because it controls everything. As a nation, we are in turbulent times. And we need answers to rise up. You see, I know that I ain't trying to get political, but I need you to understand where we are and what's around the corner if something does not flip and shift. I mean, the truth of the matter is, is that everything that has been established, what has been set up in Jerusalem the last four years, I mean, you you churches, you think we've been shut down before. We ain't seen nothing yet. Why? Because if we take away Jerusalem, If we take away the churches, you see, if we strike the shepherd, the sheep will scatter. Israel, listen to me. (laughs) It's important for us to understand the times and the season that we're in because we're not just out here throwing to the wind. We are truly pointed and targeting our prayers. You see, the enemy's goal is to knock you off your rock every day, every day, every day to take the right authority away from you every single day, every single day to knock you out of your position because he longs to rule in dominion. 
He's, he, listen, Pastor Aaron says it. I'm sure your pastor says it. He ain't after your car. He ain't after, and truth is, he ain't after your marriage. He is after the rightful position in which you possess. <laughs> He's after the potential that God put on the inside of you as he formed you in your mother's womb. Why do you think addiction is raging? Why do you think divorce is at an all-time high? And churches, we are watching them crumble all around America. Tonight, I am here on an assignment to ask you the question, who told you that you no longer possess the keys? Who told you that you would not be able to uphold the right call of duty that you've been set as the watchman to position yourself? Who told you that your prayers were of non-effect? Who told you to just give up and roll over and die? Who told you take your life because it's not worth living any longer? Who told you? Don't you pray another prayer for that person? It's, it's pointless. They're a reprobate. John 14, as Jesus is talking to his disciples, he says it's imperative, it's crucial that I go away. <laughs> now listen to this. Because the Lord will send a helper. <laughs> he knew we couldn't do it alone. You cannot do it alone. You can't make your marriage work alone. You can't even do your job at Walmart by yourself in these days. You hear me? You cannot pump the fuel in your car without the Holy. But it's imperative that I go. I know you love me. But it is important that I go away so I can send you an aid, sir. Because I know that you, you're going to trip up. You are going to falter. You're going to hear the deceptive lies of the enemy. But I'm about to put a force out in front of you. I'm about to send a first line of defense that when you don't know what to pray, the spirit comes and helps you it intercedes for you when you don't have the answers he does he said it's important that you understand I didn't come to destroy this thing I came to fulfill it which meant I didn't come to let you just crumble and hang in this thing I knew you were going to break that commandment I knew you couldn't do it you see oh what are you talking there's adulterers in this room but who told you that his grace couldn't cover that? There's child molesters in this room. But who told you that his grace couldn't cover that? Ooh. There's those who've been abused. But who told you that his grace could not sustain? Who told you that it wouldn't work? That the pain was too deep and the wounds were too. Ooh. But the answer, the Holy Ghost, the helper, 
You see, here's my story, and it goes like this. When I married Aaron, I just took a position, probably illegitimately, if I had waited on the Lord. I don't know what would have happened. Maybe he'd have found the, another wife, maybe a better one. I don't know. But I didn't tell him everything about me because the enemy, that deceptive serpent, had already told me he will not love you because you're damaged. Somebody come to the keys because I'm, I'm not, I told you I can't prolong this. You're damaged. What are you talking about? Sexually abused from the age of five to nine. Drugs, the first chance I could get my hands on them. Alcohol. Promiscuity. No good for nothing. See, the enemy had already told me long before that. You're not good enough. Why do you think I had straight F's in school? Didn't matter. I was naked and I hid myself. And I allowed everybody else tell me who I was and what I was going to become. If you think for a second that I thought all the days of my life that I was going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, I would have laughed in your face. You hear me? I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't good enough. I'd done too much. But in 2003, as I cried out to God on the steps of the Crab Family bus, I, I, I cried out and said, if you don't do something in my life, I'm out. And what I did not understand is I cried out for help. I cried out for an answer. I need a first line of defense, an army to rise up that's greater than me because I'm about to throw it all away. Some of you had the gun in your mouth and out of nowhere, you don't know what happened. You felt a wind shift in the room because God said an answer in your midst. There are things that you have been saved from that you will never know on this side of heaven. But I believe one day when we stand before the Lord, he'll say, watch what I saved you from. Watch what my helper did in this hour. Watch what God did. Stand to your feet. The Lord sent a prophet on my way. She came and told me everything that I had ever done and everything that had ever happened to me. And then she said, now that you've emptied yourself because I laid in this stranger's lap and I wept for hours. Now that you've emptied yourself, I'm going to pray that the Holy Ghost come and fill you so full that the enemy will regret the day that he ever messed with you. What I didn't know is that there was a standard being raised. When the enemy came in like a flood, there would be a helper at every turn. When I didn't know what to do, when I didn't know the decisions to make, when life was far too great for me, when I did not know how the next dollar was coming, when my baby laid in Vanderbilt Hospital with her head laid open, God sent a helper. When I could not help myself. I don't know in what area you need help in tonight. Maybe a decision. 
maybe your marriage, you may be miserable in this place tonight. Maybe in ministry, maybe in finances, maybe in addiction. But what I can tell you is that His grace is enough. And when Eve faltered and God separated them from His presence, Jesus came and He died on an old rugged cross and He was buried in a tomb. And if we remember, He said, don't touch me. She thought He was the gardener. What began in a garden also ended in a garden. He knew we would get it wrong. He knew. He knew that it was far too great. But he had already had a redemptive plan on the other side of your failure. And I'm telling you tonight, if you need deliverance, now is the time. This is the hour. Don't you wait another second. If you need freedom, if you need deliverance. Now listen, I'm going to go to some places. Listen, uh, Pastor Hagee used to say it all the time. If you have a pornography addiction tell your wife she'll help you with that yes she will but women of God I want you to hear me don't you dare don't you dare run when your husband comes for help don't you dare turn your back when your husband comes for help. Don't you dare, a church person, take what's been told to you because you've been entrusted as an answer and you turn and use a weapon against them. That's why the church has failed far too long. Love covers a multitude to the point that you don't even know what I'm dealing with today. See, the Holy Ghost, He has already made everything all right. You would never know the struggles your pastors face. You would never know what I face. Because I got a first line of defense that says, look, I got you, but you're going to have to follow me now. Because I can only take you where you'll follow me. You hear me? Some of you women need to repent because you stepped in a Jezebel role and you've been doing things behind your husband's back just trying to keep the house afloat. I get it. Trying to make all his dreams come true. You can't do it. You are never meant to take authority outside of, of, your, of your husband's hearing. Listen, when he called you two by two, it means, hey, we might be in some trouble, but I need you to know what's going on. Yes, it came to me first. Yes, I got the phone call, but the enemy only works in hidden deception. there's men in this room you think that you have done too much you've looked at too much you've gone too far that if you ever told anybody they would never look at me the same but I'm telling you the day and the hour of that lying deception in the house of God we are not meant to just be an awesome club that we come hang out and nobody truly gets deliverance you're in an answer house that's what I've learned about being here for two days you're in a house of help I'm telling you you're in an answer house you're in a house that says I know I'm not going to just leave you on the side of the road but I'm going to walk with you alongside of this thing. I'm not going to let you fall and crumble under there. I'm going to be a first line of defense until you're strong enough to walk on your own. I'm in an Acer house. 
But I'm going to tell you, in the day and the hour of the gossip and the backbiting and the if did you hear what so-and-so's growing through, that's going to stop or God will stop interesting you. Do you hear me? But what God is doing in this hour, he is releasing an anointing to be a help. Why? Because darkness is covering the earth and gross darkness of people, but the glory of the Lord is arising. The bride of Christ, the eights are strong. The eights are rescuing. The eights are being a first line of defense, saying there are too many, too many who are bound for hell. I refuse to be taken out. I refuse to fall to deception. I refuse to be knocked off my post tonight. I refuse to not be the watchman who who doesn't sound the alarm. I will sound the alarm to save a life. I will sound the alarm to save a life. I will sound the alarm to save a life. Every head bowed and every eye closed in this house. talk to some people who's got it all wrong I mean every step you you still feel like you are so entrapped in sin right now let me tell you how the devil comes let me just tell you it's the same way that he did in the beginning in first John he does it like this that everything that's in the world the lust of the eyes the lust of the flesh and the pride of life sin enters through every one of those gates it's either the lust of your eyes the lust of your flesh or it's through your pride he ain't got no new tricks but he sure is cunning and he thinks he's smart but I'm telling you he is not greater than our God he is not wiser than our God he is not mightier than our surrender and submit our life to the Lord God Almighty he's saying watch what I do so I first want to talk to some people you might say I got I got some things in my life that I've just kept hidden for fear <laughs> where are you where are you I thought it would be better to hide I don't want anybody to see my nakedness, my sin, my shame. Listen, he ain't out here to expose you. He's out here to cover you. (laughs) He's not here to expose you. To make a spectacle of you. His love is compassionate and mercy. But if that's you tonight and you would say, I've been hiding in some secret places, but I want deliverance and freedom tonight, be it it whatever it is, secret things you've been talking about, secret lies that the enemy's been telling you, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, the lust of the eyes say this, I want it and I want it now. The lust of the flesh tells you if it feels good, do it. And pride is I did this all by myself. I didn't need nobody else. And all three of those things, it's the, the 
spirit of deception entering. So if that's you, would you just lift up your hands in humble surrender to the Lord and say, I, I need freedom. Thank you all over the room. Come on, don't be ashamed. Come on, where are you? Where are you? You in an answer house tonight. You in the house of forgiveness. You in the house of forgiveness. He wants to deliver you to be a deliverer. He wants to set you free because he needs you to be an answer. Not just so you can set cute in your seat, but he's saying, I need you to put your hands to work. Come on, lift him up, lift him up. I need deliverance. I need freedom in this hour. I refuse to sit comfortable in my sin. I refuse to hide from the Lord. I refuse to put on the face of church. I refuse. I refuse. I refuse. I'm not settling for halfway deliverance. I need it all tonight. Come on, some of you. Come on, the spirit of anger has set up residency in your heart. And God is saying, if you will allow me to take that heart of stone, I'll give you a blessed heart, a pure heart, a heart of love, a heart of joy, a heart of contentment, a heart of trusting again. Come on, I cast down anger down the stronghold of the lies of deception who told you you have to build this wall of defense that it's the only way of your protection but I rebuke the devil tonight